You're listening to the David Bumble Networking Podcast. Very good day interviewing a lot of Cisco engineers. We discuss all things networking, CCNA, CCNP, CCIE, Python, automation, the books, the exams, the future, your career. Another long day at Cisco Live. We talk to the authors, the experts, the leaders, and people like you and me. David Bumble coming to you from Oxford in the United Kingdom. Now, here's your host, David Bumble. Hey everyone, I'm David Bombal, and I've got a really exciting guest on the call today. I'm coming to you from Oxford in the United Kingdom, and I've got Michael Hilton on the call. And I must tell you this, Michael is 14 years old, and he's just passed his CCNA. And when I saw him tweet about it, I told my wife, look, this guy's 14, and he passed his CCNA. It's amazing. And then I sh- told my daughter, who's 12 years old, you can do anything because this this chap's passed his CCNA at 14 years old. So, Michael, I want to welcome you to the call, and I want to say you're a real inspiration to my family and I'm sure to many others around the world with what you've done. Hi, thanks, uh, David. It's a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, really, uh, thank you for bringing me on uh, to your show and uh, wanting to find out more about how my journey's gone uh, throughout the CCNA and how long I've studied and everything. So really, it's it's been a lot of work to get the CCNA done, but I got it done. It was a year of hard work, nine months for the CSINT and three months for the ICND2 part of the exam. How old are you? 14. Wow, that's really impressive. So at 14 years old, you've passed your CCNA. And how long ago did you say you passed your CSINT? About... Uh, nine uh, three months ago, so it took me about nine months to study for it. So it was just so that, so that I get it right. So you it took you about nine months to pass your CSENT and then about three months to pass your ICND2, is that right? Correct. So about a year of work. That's really mm-hmm. impressive. Michael, you decided on doing ICND1 and then ICND2 instead of the single CCNA exam. Was there any reason why you decided to do it that way so the main reason was i wanted in a way to just get a certification in the beginning and in a way push me to the work harder for the icnd2 but yeah. along towards the end of my icnd1 journey i was i was in a way contemplating whether i, sh- I should have uh, or i should just uh, go continue and i thought at the at the time that i couldn't uh, have passed the composite exam but now, as I look at it, I mean, there's only a few things uh, from the CSINT that I've forgotten. So really, if I were to do it all over again, I probably could have uh, done the composite exam first time. So if you, so in your case, you could have perhaps done that. Would you recommend that for other people or would you still recommend, if they're not sure, to, to you know, do ICND1 first and then go for ICND2? I would still uh, just recommend uh, do the CSINT uh, first, of course, because price and also yeah, and just maybe you figure out that maybe networking is not much your thing. Maybe it's more of servers or programming. So it'll it'll still give you a lot more time um, to just uh, finish up uh, what you're doing currently and maybe look at some other places. But for me, really, uh, networking did stick with me, so I did decide to continue it with my ICND too. Yeah, that's really good advice. So, I mean, another thing I didn't think about, but it's it's a good point is that. 
perhaps you don't like networking. So at least you've, you know, once you've done your CC&T exam, you, you've kind of like realized this is not for me rather than mm-hmm. spending all that time trying to get your CCNA. So that's a, that's a great point. It's really amazing. And I mean, I, I tip my hat to your father and your family, you know, for supporting you in this and, and helping you in this journey because this is a real good kick start in your life, I think. Um, a lot of us who are older wish we were in your shoes, you know, at your age, having accomplished such a big goal. Um, so yeah, all the, all the credit to you and your family. I mean, this is a fantastic achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, even I sometimes uh, wish I just started a bit earlier. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, probably back then I probably won't have had as much maturity or interest in uh, pursuing what I'm doing now. So I mean, I guess it ju- it just happens all for a reason. So, so he has a question for you. What do your classmates say? Do they even know what Cisco is? <laughs> uh, all right, so. Really, uh, the only thing that they, because uh, they really, in a way, don't really understand a lot of them. Uh, there are some that do uh, kind of get a general idea of what I do. Yeah. A lot of them just think it's uh, mainly a, a waste of time. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I just uh, I just find it fun. I mean, for me, I personally don't have uh, that much of an interest in video games. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, it's fine for me. And I remember one time I, I opened uh, the official cert guide and... Uh, and around my school area, they have why uh, they have Cisco access point. So is he's like, is that like the Wi-Fi company or something? So <laughs> yeah, it's funny when people ask me what I do, and then I mention the first question I ask is, "Have you heard of Cisco?" And if they don't know, then it's like the conversation ends very quickly. Um, and mm-hmm. typically, they think Cisco's like telephones is is the other one I get. So that's funny. So they they thought Cisco's like a AP wireless mm-hmm. company, yeah, because of the Cisco access points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are they? They more interested in say games and just having a party, and they don't understand that you're actually building a solid foundation for the future. Um, is that so? I think that's a that's a real truth. I mean, ignore them and keep carrying on is what I say because I mean you you're giving yourself a massive head start by what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what you said is also great advice. Yeah, some of uh, my friends want to get more into programming and. In a way, they also, uh, they're also like me when I started my CSINT. I mean, they also kind of don't know where they want to start. Uh, yeah. And that's also me right now for programming. I mean, I want to get more into Python. And yeah, there's just uh, some that even they don't, uh, they don't know what they want to become. They're just kind of looking at everything, but they don't have a strong foundation on uh, if they want to become a doctor, lawyer, or... Uh, some job in information technology or programmer. So you you've got to tell me what got you interested in you know studying for a CCNA at such a young age. Well, really, it's been uh, just I've just had a passion for technology, uh, really, all the time I've been here um, on Earth. Really, in the beginning, I w- I was kind of in a way studying also a few years ago back to become maybe a doctor, but wow. I just really found out that um, technology more suited me. I, I really just uh, love messing around with technology, getting it to work different ways than it was intended and just finding out new things and new stuff to mess around with. So you haven't just been playing with Cisco, basically. You've been doing other things. I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere that you've done some VMware 
and some other things as well, Ubuntu or something, is that right? Mm-hmm, correct. Way before, well, not really way before, but just a few years before, I really did get more into specifically uh, information technology infrastructure. I was mainly on my laptop just um, messing around with VirtualBox and VMware, installing different Linux distros, see how they would run, and really just uh, messing around and trying to learn new things while I'm at it. So when did your parents give you your first computer? So sort of when was your introduction to technology and when did the love sort of grow? Well, really, the the main introduction happened. It's kind of a strange story. I mean, yeah, I I started uh, with I was probably around five or maybe four and a half, where I saw my parents. Uh, they took something on the screen that had pictures uh, on their old computer, and I just found it amazing how you could transfer all the pictures that uh, or whatever you had on your screen and print it out on a piece of paper and wow. look almost exactly the same. Really, the first time I I really did get more into uh, computing was probably a few years after when uh, my my uncle and also other family members it got me uh, into uh, computers. Mainly when my uncle gave me a MacBook 2006, probably when I was around eight, wow. seven or eight. So uh, yeah, he really wanted uh, to get me into coding and just messing around with Apple and I found it cool. I mean, now I'm more of a Windows Linux guy, but. But that's amazing. It, sorry, go on. No, no, that, that was fine. <laughs> I was gonna say that's amazing. So you've worked on Mac OS, you've worked on Linux and you've worked on Windows. That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And what do you use as your main computer? Is it Windows, is it Ubuntu? What is your sort of main computer? Well, really I have uh, two. I have my laptop, which I'm uh, using to record on I have Windows 7 on it. It's a, a bit of an older HP Elite book and yeah. also have my uh, more workstation type desktop in my in my room where I I just mess around and it also has Windows 10 or well, Windows. I am also planning to switch my laptop to Linux. I want to learn more uh, Linux functions, uh, yeah. learn networking with Linux, uh, possibly Python uh, near time. So. I was going to ask you. I mean, so you, you, you're more in, at the moment. Are you more interested in like infrastructure, Cisco, networking? You're not really into programming yet. Is that right? Correct. I do really uh, hope to get more into Python and also JavaScript and learning uh, more network automation and programming languages to help me aid uh, myself in the changing uh, world of information technology. Yeah, that reminds me. I'm. After this call, I'll send you a link so you can get access to my free, well, you can get free access to my Python course if you want that. Um, Thanks. That'll um, give you a sort of an introduction to how to program networks using Python. Thank you. You decided, or have you decided, to pursue a full-time career networking? And I sort of saw something on Twitter. You said that you want to work at Cisco one day. Is that sort of your dream? Mm-hmm. That, that really is uh, how I'm going. At the moment, I would love to uh, be more of a consulting uh, network design architect and help build networks uh, for Cisco in different uh, areas of the world. Uh, I would love to work in data centers and yeah. large internet service providers. So 
Everyone, anyone at Cisco, did you hear what Michael said? Please, if you have an option for Michael to get involved and get a future job at Cisco, please reach out to Michael. His um, Twitter handle is voiceover IP guy. So please send him a message. Help Michael reach his goal of working at Cisco. You, you're based in, is it Texas? Is that where you're based at the moment? Correct. But you, 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 you like the idea of traveling the world, perhaps seeing different parts of the world and working on networks all over. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's Correct. great. So when did you decide to seriously concentrate on Cisco? I mean, you, you're 14, you've passed your CCNA now. Sort of when did, when did the shift go from now I want to do Cisco and why did you decide on Cisco? Well, really, it all happened. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful for my family, my mom, my dad, uh, yeah. my grandparents, everyone. Uh, but really, it happened when in the area where I'm at, they, there was this uh, nonprofit that at the time got uh, they got a grant yes. uh, for doing a CompTIA boot camp. Okay. And my dad knew the person who was in charge of it, and he asked him and uh, the person in charge if I could get in, but... Uh, he declined because uh, the people that were uh, that were giving out the grant said that I had to be 21 or older to participate in the boot camp. Wow! So uh, really, my uh, dad and also other family members uh, recommended me to try out uh, Cisco certification. So I mean, I just looked it up and just found it cool. I mean, how networks work, how packet flows. Um, firewalls, uh, unified communications, wireless, all that stuff really did uh, just interest me. It just happened, I guess, really by accident. That's really cool. So, well, it's cool and it's not cool. So the first thing that's not cool is they said you were too young to, mm-hmm. to attend the CompTIA classes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, sorry, go on. Oh, I was about to say, um, yeah, but starting next week, I should be they they also have uh, different pr- uh, people who are in charge of the of the what do you call it the boot camp. Yeah. But the testing proctor that I go to in the local area, he's in charge of that now, the boot camps. And he saw what I did with the CSINT, and he wants to get me to audit the boot camp. So I'll be hopefully earning some CompTIA certifications in a few months. So. Yes, I think that's a really great lesson. So the lesson is. You know, if you get if one door gets blocked, don't let that stop you. Try something else, and then what's kind of happened is it's like this has turned into something better now. So not only you know you're not just attending to get a certification, but you're actually actively involved and contributing as well. Correct. That's really cool. So, when what about mentors? Because I think mentors are often really important. It sounds like your parents and your dad. And I think you mentioned somewhere your uncle had a big influence on kind of guiding you towards Cisco and a career networking. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So again, uh, like I said, I'm very thankful of my family, everyone. But also, I have uh, through when I posted my my ex- my exam receipt. No, not exam receipt, but what do you call it? The ex- yeah, the you exam. like your pass your pass paper thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I posted that, there was this guy from VMware that said he wanted to help mentor me, and his name oh, yeah. is uh, Dale McKay. And yeah, he's a, he's a really uh, great mentor to work with. And he, in the beginning, told me that he wanted me to do the ICND two and three months. And after I did see that the that I did my CSINT in nine months, I, w- I was kind of thinking, 
you know, he might, I might not be able to do it in three months, but yeah. here I am now that he really did help me and push me to get the CCNA in three months, the ICND2 part. So I would, I would really like to thank him also. That's brilliant. So did he kind of like push you to set a date to do your exam or did did he just let you decide when to, when to, when to do it? He kind of uh, did, uh, in a way I was kind of maybe planning for about three, four months, a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, he also kind of did push me to study and and it really did help me uh, get to my goal and also helped him uh, with his mentoring program. That's that's fantastic. So you did an ICMD two in three months. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't do that full time. You're doing that. You're doing this part time. Is that right? Correct. So right now I'm not in school uh, for summer, but yeah, every time I would get an opportunity to um, study in school, uh, I would pull out my book. Anyone that knew me in school would know that I would carry <laughs> very uh, thick uh, one and a half inch to two inch books, and I would start reading them, taking notes, but yeah. So, so when so you were studying when you had breaks at school, and then after class or at home in the evenings, you you were doing your studying as well. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I would also make sure uh, take breaks and also hang out with friends every so often. So that's really cool. So, Michael, that brings me to another thing. Your Twitter handle is Voiceover IP Guy. So, when I saw mm-hmm. that, I'm assuming you have a love for Cisco collaboration or some kind of voiceover IP technologies. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I really, in general, have a broad love for everything that encompasses networking. Yeah. But that's definitely something I do want to get into uh, a lot more collaboration. Uh, just because I find I find it cool um, how you have all these technologies that used to not be able to operate over the internet, uh, yeah. and now they're able to operate in tandem with uh, computers and different devices now. Have you got Cisco IP phones or anything like that? Um... At home that you that you're messing around with. No, the the only uh, I guess you could say Cisco yeah Cisco devices I have are just the devices in my home lab uh, that I mess around with. Uh, they're routers and switches. So, so um, if anyone wants to help Michael with Cisco collaboration, please um, again reach out to him on Voiceover IP Guy on Twitter. Um, let's help Michael you know, reach his dream to get more involved with Cisco collaboration. And Network Chuck, I'm talking to you specifically. Come and help this guy. So, Michael, that brings me to another question. How did you do labs? Did you use just physical equipment or did you use something else for your labs? So, for the equipment-related functions itself, I did uh, use Packet Tracer. And at the time when I was beginning to study for my CSENT, that's all I really did. Now, later on, I did uh, uh, get some family members to, uh, especially my uncle that worked in information technology to get me some old uh, Cisco routers and a switch. And I just kept on adding uh, to that. And I did end up also using GNS3 during during the last few weeks of my ICND2 studies once I figured out how to get that up and running. Yeah, GNS3 is amazing, but it's quite difficult to get started uh, if you yeah. need to it. So what equipment do you have at home? Can you share, like, what kind of routers and switches do you have? Mm-hmm. So right now I have a 2821 router. I have a 3640 router, a 3725, 
1720 router, and I have three 3560Gs, two of which support PoE. So how did you, how was your experience going from say packet tracer to physical equipment to GNS3? What would you recommend other people use? If, if firstly, if they have no money, and secondly, if they've got a, if you know families can sponsor them or they've got a bit of money, what, what would you recommend based on your experience? I would recommend, if possible, go for a home lab. Yeah. But really, uh, for the ICND1 and ICND2, Packet Tracer and GNS3 uh, could be fine. I wish uh, standard uh, GNS3 could support uh, better switching uh, functionality. But really, you, you could do the ICN, the, the full CCNA with Packet Tracer, although there are some small verification commands that aren't included. But yeah. I mean, you could still do it. I mean. It's all about just understanding the concept of it, how everything works. So you, did you spend a lot of time doing theory or did you spend a lot of time doing labs for, for the exam? Mostly I did uh, theory, but I also made sure to, of course, lab every day as much as I could uh, and implement what I learned, took theory and implemented it in my labs. So, so you've mentioned a, a keyword there. So explain what that keyword is, because it doesn't mean just lab every day. What, what, what is that? It's a, it's a movement, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So it's basically taking everything you've learned and all the, all the examples that maybe you're reading a book or watching a video and just getting repetition going. And you can look it up, and it's a lot of scientists have proven how repetition really uh, connects everything better in your in your mind so yeah really uh, getting everything going and working so do you want to give a shout out to the uh, to the, the the gentleman who started lab every day tell us a bit about him and how you involved all right so the other day and uh, i did a interview with uh, uh, duan nightfoot and yeah i enjoyed the interview he did with me also and um, i really like um his upbeat mood and really inspiring uh, ways and stories of how he got into IT and what's he doing and how he helps other people out in their journeys. And so do you contribute to that to that uh, group as well uh, on the Slack channel and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. I try to uh, help where I could apply my knowledge as much as possible and also people have any answer or any questions for me such as like what study materials that I use or um, maybe if they have a problem uh, on packet tracer or something, I'll try and see if I can help them out. So let's talk about that. What um, study materials did you use? Like what books? We've we've spoken briefly about equipment that you've used, but kind of give us, you know, what did you use? What was helpful? What was more helpful perhaps? You know, if someone's starting this journey, especially someone in school, what kind of what, just give us your sort of strategy, your tips and tricks with materials, you know, the time that you spend, things like that. All right. So in the beginning, I did use the official cert guide, but I found it to be more of, I, I could read something else that would explain it better and then use the official cert guide uh, to more deeply broaden and I guess even more focus, uh, more of the theory and configuration. So that's in the beginning. That's probably what took most time about my CSENT. Yeah, was really just finding out what materials fit me. Yeah, and with that, I discovered uh, Todd Lamley's book. Yeah, very good. That really helped me uh, 
with networking just because the way he really explains everything in a very conversational tone. Yeah. But also, uh, course of official search guide by Wendell Odom is also really good uh, to just reinforce what you've learned and uh, really just broaden everything. So I also did use uh, some video courses. So I use uh, Chris Bryant's uh, mainly throughout my whole journey. Uh, Todd Lamney also had a series that did really go well with his book on IT yeah. Pro TV and also on his uh, website. And I did use some CBT and INE, but mainly for review, I didn't use those uh, as my main uh, resources. And I also used uh, two labbing resources. So I've used 101 labs for the CCNA and also your ultimate packet tracer labs. Great. So you use quite a lot, quite a range of material then. Mm -hmm. Really what I would recommend uh, that you could do it is uh, get the Todd Lamney book and the official cert guide, uh, find a, a good video course and also use your ultimate pa packet tracer labs and also, if you wanted to, the 101 labs for the CCNA. That's right. So, well, I'm glad my course helped you. Um, so, just if everyone's in, if anyone's interested, I have a course on Udemy that's uh, basically packet tracer labs, just lab after lab after lab after lab uh, to verify knowledge. So, also keep in mind that uh, time management's uh, really important. So, scheduling how much uh, you study and what time you studied. So your body basically gets more of an idea of when you're going to study so you so you'll probably have more energy during that day and also really something that does help prevent in a way procrastination is maybe start with the timer on your phone or anything uh, or any device in general that has a timer and just turn off everything uh, or all your what do you call it notifications and things yeah, uh, the distractions, there we go. Yeah, it's distractions, turn off, yeah. Turn off all your distractions uh, for five minutes and you'll realize it's not bad. And then you just constantly continue until you get to 25 minutes. And usually 25 minutes is how much I do. Then I take a small break, uh, five, seven minutes, uh, kind of take your mind off uh, what you're studying and doing. And then just go back another 25 minutes and just basically do that and that also helps uh, prevent in a way mental fatigue yeah. uh, then if you just went straight through for an hour and a half studying uh, you would you would just get really tired uh, mentally and so it's good to also take breaks and also uh, being outside and spending time with friends and family also helps a lot and also uh, prior prioritizing things so I can tell you as a student I always put uh, school first and also, and once I finish, typically my homework and everything school related, I would uh, study. So also prioritize what's important to you, and that will really help you get more insight on achieving your goals. So Michael, that brings me to another thing. How much time were you dedicating, sort of roughly every day? So you said you had to go to school during the day. You had to do say homework, other stuff after school. How much time did you have left to, to study? So really, I would study anywhere on average from one and a half to three hours, uh, mostly every day. Um, mainly, I would uh, go for two to three hours. And that's uh, really on average how much I would study. And I would also make sure to leave time for other things uh, that were also important to me, but really just anywhere from one and a half to three hours. 
typically more uh, on weekends or days when I didn't have school or anything that, that would uh, get me tired when I get home. And so, so on weekends, did you were you able to spend more time studying then? Typically, I would uh, study more on weekends. Some weekends, I just kind of uh, relax uh, from everything. And then some of them, some weekends, I would just uh, go forth and just study a bit more uh, than three hours. That's really impressive. So you were studying, say, three hours a day for nine months, and you got your CSAN. But one of the struggles in the beginning was to find the right material. But once you got into the flow, it went quicker. And then it was mm-hmm. three months to get your ICMD2. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that gives a good in, good idea. So three months at three hours, perhaps more on the weekends, and you were able to get through all that material. Well, really, uh, for the CSENT, uh, in the beginning, it was it was kind of just me, really, just trying to figuring things, uh, figure things out. Yeah. So really, in the beginning, I was maybe doing like thirty minutes a day, but it's just because I I wasn't like learning as great as I wanted to, and I would just get distracted a lot. So it's really just takes time to get how you learn how you study and go forth with that. So I mean that uh, coming back to distractions. How did you stop distractions in your life? Did you close the door? Did you turn your phone off? How did you stop getting interrupted? Because, I mean, in today's world, I'm assuming your friends and other people would, like, send you messages and stuff like that, and, and it would be distracting. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, sometimes, yeah, you, you turn off your phone or put it on silent and do uh, that stuff. And sometimes you just have to uh, realize your priorities and just brute force it and yeah. just uh, ignore everything else um, uh, sometimes I would uh, study in, in around the kitchen area, uh, so I would be. I would, I would sometimes leave my phone uh, in my desk in my room. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I find that what I do personally is I I I do something similar. I I get rid of the phone. I put it on airplane mode, or you know, just mm-hmm. turn off, turn it off, because otherwise you get nothing done because of all the distractions. So that's really good that you've learned that you know already you know get rid of the distractions in your life and i think what you did is you set yourself a goal um like with your mentor you you decided together like try and do it in three months you had this like sort of thing that you had to accomplish did you actually book the exam in advance so that you were kind of forced to study in time or how did you do that well so i thought um Really, once I once I would finish learning uh, routing protocols, and it was about uh, the second month, and around that time, I just decided, well, um, I don't have, I've got the most of what's left, isn't really huge, huge topics on the exam, and they weren't extremely hard to learn in about that time. So around second, a little bit more uh, of the second month, I just planned it uh, and took it and passed it on the thirtieth of June. That's very cool. Which was the hardest section sort of in CC? Let's start with CSEN. What, what was the hardest section for you? What was the most difficult section? And then what was the same in ICMD2? So really the hardest part for the CSEN, and I guess it really does hit everyone, is just learning subnetting. So yeah. it took me over a month <laughs> to learn it, but I just uh, kept hitting the book and I eventually um, just learned it and it just gives you um, a, a feeling of accomplishment once you once you worked so hard and you learned it after a month. And really, for the ICMD two, 
it was a little bit more of a spanning tree and getting all the because there was so, there's uh, when you first start spanning tree there's just so much terminology thrown at you so yeah. it gets a bit overwhelming and also quality of service was a bit overwhelming just because all the terminology gets thrown at you and you have to understand how everything fits together in the puzzle so if you were starting again say let's say you were starting your journey tomorrow again like mm-hmm. a lot of other people would what advice would you give them for tackling ip submitting have you got any tips or tricks or advice to to make that section less intimidating for people really it's just a uh, one of the things that also did uh, make the subletting uh, the time that it took me to learn something extend so far was mainly the fact that I, I just kept going to tre- different resources and really I would say just focus on one. So maybe if you're learning it the way Todd Lamney has it more of numbers and block sizes and less of the, in a way at the time, overwhelming binary yeah. uh, learn that and just keep sticking to it until you finally get it. Or maybe if you're learning it, how a lot of people teach it uh, specifically more with binary, uh, just learn that way. So just really just stick to one way of learning it and you'll eventually get it done. I think that's really good advice. I've seen that with a lot of people. They jump from resource to resource and then they just get totally confused because mm-hmm. everyone has a different way of doing it. And that kind of was your experience as well, is that right? You you got a bit confused, but then once you stuck with one way of doing it, that then the breakthrough came. Is that, is that correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other industry certifications or is the CSEN, CCNA your first industry certification? So really, uh, yeah, that, those are my first certifications that I've gotten. I would also like to say that, you know, some people recommend the A plus or Network Plus uh, before, uh, but really it's just all about understanding the big picture. You don't have to get any other certification. And with me, I have no industry experience. So, I mean, it really just proves that if you understand everything, and you're able to explain it in a very fluent manner, you, you could get it done without really any experience or any prior uh, certification. That's a very good point. So, I mean, you, you're actually doing it the other way around now, aren't you? Because you're going to do your, your, are you going to do your A plus, Network Plus uh, uh, in the future now as part of this um, boot camp? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, so, that, so basically your advice is you can do CCNA without... CompTIA certifications, and um, you would just recommend someone jump straight into doing Cisco if, if that's of interest to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you mentioned about industry experience. So I think one of the things that you did, which was really cool, is that you got some equipment and you kind of did it yourself. So you built a little home lab type thing, is that right? Mm-hmm. And go on. Or no, what were you about to say? Um... No, I was just going to say, so you found did you find that that really cemented the knowledge and made it real rather than just some virtualized environment like uh, packet tracer mm-hmm. it makes it a much more uh, much more uh, cemented into your head and much more real and the only thing that i do like about uh, the virtual stuff is that it gives you a topology diagram already there so you don't have when you usually doing things on your home lab you want to kind of in a way plan what ip addressing you use in the link or how you're gonna have set up everything, but usually that's why in a way, typically I like uh, the virtual stuff better because you just have every everything uh, kind of like drawn out for you. So you just easily implement everything. But I also do like uh, physical equipment because 
you're not just uh, limited to the limited commands uh, sometimes that virtual stuff has. That's a very good point. I think for someone starting with Cisco, it's it's good to feel and touch the stuff, like do a physical. But mm -hmm. I think I agree with you very quickly, you tire of that. And then a virtual environment just allows you to spin up things and build very large topologies very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also good, especially if you do a physical lab. Uh, what I did uh, when I was doing my CSENT is I bought uh, crimping tools and, and spools of cable, and I learned how to make Ethernet cables, which is also pretty well, cool. Well done. Well done. I, I mean, that's brilliant because a lot of guys, I think, who go on courses that I've seen in the past or who study virtually, they don't actually know physically how the things work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's brilliant that you did that. So you, so you made your own cables. You cabled up your own lab. So you, you, you know physically how it works, and then you can jump into the virtual stuff because you have that foundation. Correct. That's brilliant. So Michael, you mentioned that one of the limitations you had in GNS3 was the switching. Which images were you using in GNS3? So at the at this time, I'm really uh, just using the kind of like the the images that come off. Uh, your physical equipment, like the older iOS 12 images. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for routing capabilities, except uh, for the older ones, except for EIGRP for IPv6, it's it works pretty well. And that's why your physical equipment helped you. So I'm assuming that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the equipment that helped you the most uh, was the was the switching, because that's often a problem with uh, people experience with, say, GNS3 or Packet Tracer, is is the switching side. Mm -hmm. And did it help you learn spanning tree better? Did it make more sense when you when you did it on the physical side? It, in a way, it did because um, in a way, um, I know with packet tracer, it'll, it'll kind of show you. Uh, I believe the amber light. It's yeah to signify that a port's blocked or something. So it's also cool in a way that you just set up your switches and. You have them all set up as trunks, and all the greens are, are all the lights are green. So, you in a way it makes you go investigate which one's a root bridge, uh, what are the root ports, designated ports, um, what in a way what speed, uh, how you can modify what speed they're running at, and modify how they elect everything. Uh, so it's it's really a, in a way a physical equipment does uh, get the job done better, especially for switching. Yeah. So just for everyone's benefit, uh, GNS3 does support advanced switching, but it, you need viral images, so Cisco viral images to to be able to do the advanced switching stuff. And as Michael mentioned, Michael, you were using images off routers, which are mm -hmm. very limited. You get basic Ether switch modules, but if you want full-blown switching, you need, to, you need to get a viral image on GNS3. Um, but that does cost. So, I mean, there's a cost associated with that. So, Michael, what do you plan to do next? I, I mean, you, you, I'm assuming you're going to go and take some, say, the Network Plus, A-plus exams. Is that right? Or are you planning to go and do CCMP and perhaps CCIE one day? Mm -hmm. So, uh, really, I do uh, plan to finish up the A-plus, Network Plus, Security Plus, and then just go straight for the CCMP. And I also do plan uh, on going for the CCIE, but I also want uh, routing and switching. But I also want to learn other technologies, so maybe get some multiple CCMPs, and then just after hopefully I get some industry experience, I'll go for the for the CCIE. That's great. So, 
you're 14 at the moment. Any sort of timeline that, that you're thinking about to get CCIE or CCMP? Have you have you given that any thought? So what I do hope on uh, doing right now is just getting my CCMP before I turn 16. Wow. So. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I mean, I um, it it I think f- you're an inspiration for many because you know if you can get your CCMP by the time that you're 16, and perhaps your CCIE by the time that you're 18 or or 20 before you before you turn 20, turn 20, that would be amazing. That'll set you up in a big way. Mm-hmm. Michael, I'm a bit older, so it'd be really cool to get your take on this. What do you recommend? other young people do like if they're interested in in technology they're interested perhaps in networking but aren't quite sure would you recommend it Uh, you know what tips do you have for other young people balancing school or just general tips for young people so really just get into it i mean um, just find something uh, that you love and just get a love for it and then just love what you do so maybe uh, you might be interested in more specifically linux and a windows server and finding out how servers uh, more specifically work and uh, how to enable and disable their different uh, services that come along uh, with server operating systems. So really just uh, just find something, especially uh, since uh, younger people typically have uh, more time, uh, just really discover what you love to do. That's great advice, great advice. I think the Another big lesson is you haven't been squandering your time. You haven't been wasting your time. You've been investing even at this age, and that's going to set you up in a big way for the future. This one, one of the questions I was asked to ask you, sort of where do you see yourself in three to five years? And I think you've already answered it. What do you want to do when you grow up? So like I said before, um, hopefully a network architect uh, for a big company like Cisco or and really um, just have a lot of uh, certifications and maybe industry experience uh, and a lot of knowledge that could help me uh, perform the job duties. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, you, I mean, I think you've mentioned this already. So at the moment, your focus is more on networking. That's your love at the moment. But you, mm-hmm. you're also going to be interested in doing perhaps some programming stuff along with networking. Mm-hmm. Programming and also learning some uh, some system administration stuff. So, Michael, we've come sort of to the end of the interview. Have you got any closing thoughts for young people or just in general? I would like to shout out to like all the people who have helped me. Of course, mentioned many times my family, and my mom, my dad, and my grandparents, everyone, and my sister, and really all these uh, great content creators like you uh, for creating great resources and also inspiring uh, people like me to work harder and accomplish our goals. Find what you love doing, uh, love what you do, and do what you love. So, so Michael, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me, and thanks for being an inspiration for myself and many others. Um, I've got kids who are a little bit younger than you, and I have already told them about you and told them what you've done and um, told them, look, they must, mustn't stop dreaming. They can do anything because someone like you reached a really massive goal at 14 they can do the same. So thanks for being an inspiration to my kids and hopefully to many others around the world. Mm-hmm. Thanks. It's it's always a pleasure to talk with uh, like-minded people. So appreciate it. Yeah.
Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Be sure to visit David's YouTube channel at David Bumble, where you can subscribe and watch all of his videos. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Catch you next time on the David Bumble Networking Podcast. All the best. Take care.